Welcome back to the Fourth Way Podcast. We are continuing our discussion today on consequentialism by looking at the last rebuttal to my position. In this rebuttal, we are going to look at the argument that my position is passive retreatism. My answer here is largely going to echo several of the episodes I've done in the last season, which deal with the passive argument against pacifists. This chapter in the book is what I drew from for part two of the Romans 13 discussion as well. Chapter 16 in my book um, it equates very closely to, uh, I believe, episode 13 in season season one on nonviolence. I'll link several of the applicable episodes below. So let's dive in. First, I'm going to say that the argument of passivity against my position of inconsequentialism is going to be a false dichotomy. Right? To vote or not vote is not the issue. To lie or not lie is not the issue. In voting, the question is, how do I love and better the world while loving God and everyone else at the same time? Not voting for a viable candidate is only passive and complacent if I refuse to answer that question through, through some other action. So if I determine that, that every candidate and platform is morally compromised and I cannot put my stamp of approval on, by putting my stamp of approval on them and endorsing them um, and, and encouraging that, um, I'm morally responsible for that. If I say, hey, look, uh, I would love to vote for this platform because, let's say, it's um, it's going to have universal health care, and I think that's important and something everybody should have that's a justice issue. But I can't deal with the fact that they have abortion. Well, if, if universal health care is such a big deal to me that it makes me want to vote for the, for a particular party, party for which I can't vote for and maintain my holiness, then maybe that's something that I go out and do something about. And we see this, this with, uh, we see Christian uh, insurance companies, we see, uh, we see people offering cheap medical services, we see a lot of different, different ways that people are, are handling this, but um, not voting doesn't mean that you're passive at all if that's something that you determine you can't do. It's the same thing with lying. Um, how do I uphold love and, and value all, including my enemies? And that includes not lying. How are you going to tell me that if I'm hiding Jews in my house in Nazi Germany, but I'm unwilling to lie to save my life and theirs, how are you going to tell me that, that I'm being passive? Because I've already got Jews in my house, and I'm refusing to love my enemies by by just... Uh, lying to their faces, how is that passive? Um, it's not. You might think it's ineffective, but it's it's not passive. And there's just a false dichotomy to say that that um, maintaining holiness is is passive. Maybe it's a bad analogy. I don't know, but it, it seems to me like it's sort of like calling a marathon runner physically inactive because they don't have a gym membership. You know, on, on Tuesday when they go to vote for the president um, next year, when, 
when I determine that there's nobody that I can vote for, no party and no person, if I determine that, and I don't get that nice little uh, gym membership, that little sticker on my on my shirt that says I voted, does that mean that I'm inactive in my community? And just because you have that little sticker that says you've got your gym membership that you voted, does that mean that you've really done much of anything in the community? No, not at all. Um, voting is not the end-all, be-all. Uh, it, it's it's one means that people use in order to try to seek change. And if you're happy having one 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 hundred and fifty millionth of a say in something, and you think that that's doing something meaningful, um, I mean that that's great. But that's that's a long way from really being active in the world, in and of itself, at least. Point number two. I it seems to me that calling inconsequentialism passive turns prayer and faithfulness into sentimental, worthless means. You know, Origen has a couple good quotes um, I'll, I'll link to at the bottom on how Christians were truly helpful. He says, hey, we don't go to war like everybody else does. We're not going to fight for you physically, but we're going to be better than that. We're actually going to pray for you to the God of the universe. And now, of course, James James would say that um, as far as like poor people go, if if you'd say, "Hey, I'll pray for you, but I'm not going to give you any food," then that's that's insincere. But what Origen was saying is, look, we we can't fight for you because that would be compromising our holiness. Okay, we we can't do that. But we are going to um, we are going to love our country. And we are going to pray that God is sovereign and helpful in it. But we're going to refuse to compromise. And trust me when I say that the holiness of the nation is is very important in the eyes of God in terms of uh, withholding his judgment on it. So by our prayer back here and by our uh, faithful obedience and refusal to go out and kill people, uh, we are doing a great good for our country. And it's one of those things that James is right that that if our answer to everything is prayer, um, prayer alone, that's a problem. If we say if somebody has a need and we say I'll pray for you, but don't provide for that need, and that's all we ever do. We just say I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you. That's a problem. But I think there's there's an equal problem on the other end of the spectrum. If there is never a point that we can get to where we're at our wit's end and and where there is no moral means for us to use and the only thing we can do is pray. If we're not satisfied with coming to the end of our, our moral options and being content with simply praying, that's a problem too. If we get to a vote for a president and all we have are immoral options and you want to vote, but you just can't because um, the options are all immoral, if you're not content to pray in that situation, then that seems to show that you really don't think prayer is important. James shows us it's possible to say prayer, uh, put prayer in prominence while uh, not at all valuing actions, but it's also possible to do the other, the other right? It's, it's possible to think that actions are really what's important, and prayer isn't. And if there isn't ever a situation where prayer is your your only 
um, means and you're not content with that, then that shows that uh, you really don't value prayer. Strategies and actions um, are, are so important to us that we often are very willing to do those things by themselves without prayer. We give lip service to prayer, and we say that prayer is, is supposedly our most valuable asset, yet it's an asset that we would never be content with using on its own. And I think that says something. Um, anyway. In the end, viewing the political machine as a necessary mechanism to manipulate, even when that mechanism requires the elevation of evil, is idolatry. And it's not passivity to refuse engagement in idolatry. That's all for now. So peace, and because I'm a pacifist, when I say it, I mean it.